Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. An interesting thing happened to me on the way to church. Sounds like a joke, doesn't it? Um, Last week, I was driving in the car and all of a sudden the music got really bad and there was, it sort of had this grinding tone and then the doof, 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 sort of started and I thought... uh, People started flashing their lights at me and honking me, and I thought, this doesn't sound like 2NUR. Somebody's <laughs> changed over to Triple M or something like that. Uh, I turned the music off, but it kept playing. Doof, 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 doof. And people kept flashing me, and so I pulled into a side street, and I thought, oh my goodness, I think the axle's gone, or, or something really bad is happening. As I was getting out of the car, Then my brain started to work, and I thought, I remembered something. I remembered to attach my green waste bin to the tow bar of the car (laughs) before I went up the drive. I just didn't forget, didn't remember to take it off. (laughs) And I got through Cole Point, I got through Carey Bay, I got through Toronto, but after numerous 60 zones, I um, got to Fennel Bay and obviously the axle just gave out and I lost one of the wheels. And so I pulled over and I was at once relieved that it wasn't the car and then really upset that it was the, the green auto bin because I'm a long way from home. There's no way that thing's going to make it back. And... Uh, So I pulled over, I took it off, and I stood it next to the side of the road. My daughter lives a couple of blocks away, so I was thinking, Tuesday night, someone might empty it. And, of course, all these lights came on, people came out on their verandas, just folded their arms and and looked at me, and I I nearly hit this bin. Phew, just parked parked here. I thought, my goodness, what am I going to do? I can't get it to my daughter's. I could put it in the back if I got everything out of it. What do I... And I had all these trunks from yakkers that I've been... So it was incredibly heavy. I thought, I need someone somewhere for it to go. A green waste bin. It's in a green waste bin. What am I going to do? And so because I'm a guy, you've got to have a solution, right? So I thought, I'll come back in the light. I'll find the other wheel. I'll bash it on with a mallet. And then I can get it to my daughters. And maybe we can empty it into their bin and... I can get it back home again. So I went to leave, really frustrated. And the frustrating thing for me was I kind of blamed God a bit. It's Sunday night. I'm on the way to church. Why is this happening? It's like God's looking down at me going, Sunday's bin night. It's Lake Macquarie Council. It's not me. You're in Coal Point. So anyway, I got to church, and I know you guys are highly spiritual and you can filter everything out, but I was there in the service, and my mind keeps ticking, and I could hear a voice, and I was listening to the sermon, but it, was, it sort of went like, uh, and God said, you're never going to find that wheel, you know. <laughs> and the people of Israel responded, even if he does, he's not going to get it back on the, um, the otter. <laughs> it really shook my peace. It it disturbed my peace. And I'm fascinated with the concept of peace because I think everyone's chasing it, but it's so nebulous, and when you've got it, it's so fragile, and you can lose it so easily. 
I don't know whether you've ever walked through a cemetery, but if you've looked at the tombstones, most of them say rest in peace at the bottom. And I have this theory, it's because no one in the cemeteries found peace during their life, so they're hoping for it after they go. But if you're like me, I, I really would like some peace during this life and some rest. I would like to be able to rest in peace now and hold on to it as long as I can. So I want to speak about this idea of peace. And if we go to the next slide... Some time ago, I started listening to a series of podcasts by Erwin McManus, who's with the Mosaic Church in Los Angeles. And these podcasts came from a book that he wrote called The Way of the Warrior, An Ancient Path to Inner Peace. And I was fascinated by it because I just love saying The Way of the Warrior. It makes me feel more masculine. It's like testosterone's been dropped straight into my marrow when I, when I say it. But the other reason is because I thought it's fascinating because it's a contradiction. The way of the warrior, someone who wars, is an ancient path through scripture to win a peace. And uh, Erwin points out that, uh, you know, as humans, we've done amazing things. We discovered fire, electricity, smartphones. If you've been watching the programs on television, it's the anniversary of the moon landing. How long is that? Was it 50 years? And 60 years before that, the Wright brothers took to the air for the first time. So in 60 years, we went from flapping to landing on a celestial body. We're really in quite intelligent. And yet we can't create peace. We can't find peace. Everything around us is warring because we're warring on the inside. Since the fall, we've been warring on the inside and you can't put out there what you haven't got in here and perhaps it's even harder in Christian circles because you are walking with God aren't you you did give yourself to Jesus Jesus is the prince of peace why don't you have peace and you feel a little bit awkward and if you've got the courage to admit that maybe your faith scale isn't quite there and that you actually struggle with a couple of things you don't always get helpful responses people might just say just draw closer to God yeah, tried that. Use this scripture or pray this prayer regularly. And it doesn't always work. And what Erwin points out in his book is that, in actual fact, peace is something you've got to fight for. Peace is something that you might need to wrestle and struggle with every day. And I love the idea of being a warrior and I love the idea of active Christianity that we just don't. Things don't just happen. You've actually got to have some movement to make it happen. And when Jesus talks about peace, he says, I came to bring you peace, but not as the world knows it. But over here in another scripture, he says, I didn't come to bring you peace. I came to bring a sword. How does that work out? Well, it's not a contradiction. Jesus is saying, I came to bring you peace, and I'm prepared to fight for it. And he had that inner peace in his core, but his life outside of that was anything but peaceful, but so worth fighting for. So from this book, he created a short course. And I wanted to speak about it this evening because I'd actually like to run this course on a Thursday night for anyone 18 plus that would like to come along. And this is for people that struggle with peace 
or maybe you're really good at peace and you just want to take it to the next level. Or perhaps you just want to be that warrior for your friends and your family and your community because you have to fight on the inside for you and for the people around you. And it's worth fighting for. So Donna will actually take some names at the end of um, tonight, just at the, at the back as you go through the doors. If this is something that really resonates with you and you've got time. Erwin also looked to several films and I, I, I like films because I like story, I like narrative. I like to make my, put myself there as the hero in the story. Um, he seems to have a thing with Chinese martial arts. So Jet Li in Hero, great movie. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I was disappointed. No tigers or dragons in the movie at all until one of my students pointed out that they were actually there. It was just that the tigers were crouching and the dragons were hidden, which is why you didn't see it. But that's okay. Threw in my own over the other side, the Justice League and uh, the Avengers. Justice. Avengers. And... The thing about all those people up there is they're all warriors, they're all, all superheroes, but they're all people of peace. They're not actually getting out there for the sake of knocking someone around, showing how strong they are, showing how powerful they are, how they can manipulate people. They want to restore peace. And they all realize that to have peace, you must be willing to struggle for it. So, Erwin kicks off the series looking at the life of Elijah. Elijah's a bit of a funky prophet. Um, has his highs and his lows, which is so much like us. And sometimes we don't look at the lows. We just like to look at all the good stuff that's happening. But in between the highs is a low. If you're a surfer and you see a big wave coming, big crest, fantastic. There's an equally deep trough on the other side. Now, the background of this verse in, in 1 Kings 18, 36 to 39, if you're following, <coughs> is Elijah is the last high-octane Marvel DC prophet left in Israel. All the others have bugged out or gone over to the dark side. And he challenges the, the prophets of Baal, who's this kind of weird god, to a competition whose god is the strongest, whose, whose god is real really. And they both have an altar and Baal's um, prophets start off first and basically there's an offering on the altar. Whoever's God is real will send down fire and consume the offering. And so they're singing and they're calling out and nothing happens and Elijah says, maybe you should go a bit louder. You mightn't have his earpiece in. So they they get a little bit louder and uh, then they start to cut themselves and um, all sorts of weird things, because all religions are the same, aren't they? Not. And nothing happens. And at the 11th hour, they've, they've run out of steam. They give up. And it's now Elijah's, Elijah's go. And he gets them to water down both altars, fill the troughs with water, wet everything so it's really hard to burn. And, and this is what happens. At the time of sacrifice, the, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are 
God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burnt up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. That's pretty hot. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And then they killed all the prophets of Baal. So a pretty good outcome all around. What a high. And uh, you might think to yourself, if I could just have one spectacular moment, if God could just do one miracle in my life, that would inoculate me from anything bad that could happen in the future. I would just think back to that moment and feel cheery thoughts. No matter what happens. 16th of January, 1972. Whenever. No, it won't. And we can see that in the next verse. So this is 1 Kings 19, 1 to 5. Now Ahab told Jezebel, these are two of the most malevolent people you could ever imagine. Everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message into Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Well, so what? He, he stood up against all these prophets in the flesh. This is just a threat. But it hits him. It hits him hard. This is what happens. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life, and he came to Bathsheba in Judah. He left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush sat down under it and prayed that he might die. Not a very creative prayer. You could have started with, can you nuke Jezebel for me? That will help. This is the extent of the place where he is at. That's the creativity that he's got left. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. Now, people can do amazing things. And I've heard the testimonies of people in this room but, you know, it can be small things like forgetting to untie your bin or running out of petrol or your iPhone has run out of power and they can seem like the most catastrophic things that are going in your life. Uh, they can steal your peace. I think we're driven to succeed so that we accumulate all these things to sort of inoculate ourselves against these epic failures but the reality is at the height of your success, you could be in the deepest of despair. And I, I always go back to Robin Williams, someone who was so successful, had the money, had the family, such a funny, funny guy, made so many people happy around the world. So much stuff to celebrate, and yet he couldn't find one reason to live one more day, just like Elijah. And here we have the contrast between fear and faith. Because we're made in our creator's image so we can create. And we have faith so we can believe in something. So faith is the most positive belief in the future. And fear is the most negative belief we have of how things are going to turn out. And that's exactly what Elijah did. And we can actualize our fears. If we dwell on them for too long, that's what happens. And you look at um, Elijah, and now he said, he felt this. I'm alone. I'm in a wilderness. 
God's abandoned me and my life's over. So what did he do? Sent his servant away. Now, he's, now he really is alone. <laughs> and walked for a day into the desert. Now I'm in the wilderness. Oh, poor me. And he abandoned God. So then he could say, God's abandoned me. And because he thought his life was over, he prayed to die. So it would actually come true. We can get to those dark places. And we need to be careful when all our thoughts are dark. And we can't see the good around us. We have to be mindful of the people that we surround us with. That speak good things into us. got two pictures here. Here we see the two extremes of Elijah. The high point and the low point. The, the great success and the please kill me moment. God will never answer that prayer. God will never say yes when you are praying to give up. To be less than you could be. And 2,000 years later we've still got all these wonderful people here and people like Robin Williams who have all that success and can't find one reason to push forward. So if peace won't come without a fight, let's fight. Let's fight for ourselves. Let's pick each other up in this community. And certainly we need to stop bringing people down and criticizing people because that's the complete opposite of what we need to do. Over in um, chapter 19, verses 6 to 9, and I've jumped a little bit. So here he is under the bush. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. What provision from God? God actually did that for him before, but he hadn't believed it this time. For some reason, he was just in the depths of the despair. What I love here is he says, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. And if you feel at times life is overwhelming and it's too much and I don't think I can go on, it's probably because life is too much for you, for, for every one of us. Because the journey might be too much, but God is never going to give you a journey that is too little for you either. This is the journey where you can just manage it. This is a lower expectation. But he picks a journey for you that is too much for you because that's your faith gap. And that's where you say, I can't do it on my own. God, where are you? And he does that final bit. He expects more of you than you're capable of. So you've got to do it with him. He's your dad. He wants to work with you. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, did that. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights. Can I just point out, running from God, he went one day. Crawled under a bush, wanted to die and fell asleep. Strengthened by God, walking with God. He's gone 40 days and 40 nights. And I can't help but wonder, those days when I'm really run down, am I walking with God or am I running from him? Because you can go a lot further with God. Verses 11 to 13. 
The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. (laughs) That's just wonderful. My five-year-old Ben fell over and hurt himself the other day. And he kind of just stayed where he was on the ground. He didn't want to get up, didn't want to show me the wound, because I might do something with it. Just wanted to stay there where he was. And that's probably what I've done many times with God. But God won't come and sit with you if you're in that place, wallowing away. He will pass by. He'll do exactly what I did with Ben. Pass by, pick him up, scoop, take him to a place where he can be bandaged up, a better place where he can move on. Love the pass-by of God. Next point. Then the great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. If you want to scare someone, you can just jump out at them and go, ah! If you really want to scare them, sneak up behind them and just before they feel your breath on their neck, go, boom, like that. You'll have to peel them off the ceiling. But this is how God works with us. He's not in the loud. He's not in the spectacular. What he really wants to do is to have that intimate connection with you. He wants to whisper to you words just for you. He wants to be that close so that you can feel his breath on your neck. Closeness to God is the key to this peace. And on the last slide, I'll start to wind up. I wanted to just say, if you don't experience peace, if if you're having stress, and we all do, and anxiety and depression, we're all on the scale somewhere. If you're experiencing all those things, it has nothing to do with your connection with God. It has nothing to do with your salvation or how many times you pray or how many times you read the scriptures. It has everything to do with you just being human you're in touch with your humanity if if nothing else if you pursue this active um, engagement for peace this, this fight, this struggle it won't make the road any easier what it will do is it will make you stronger it will make you a warrior and that's for everyone wherever you are whether you need to fight for yourself in this season or whether you need to fight for someone else perhaps you're okay and you just want to put the spandex on put on the costume and get out there for someone else be a warrior because you know peace is something that is worth so worth fighting for. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus and he came to bring peace, but he also came to bring a sword because peace is worth fighting for.
and in his life he he took so much on the cross he was beaten brutalized spat upon and finally crucified not a peaceful end but he was at peace in the core and he went to the cross so that we could be at peace he went to the cross so that all our feelings of inadequacy and anger and rage would have a place to go and be dealt with we thank you for all those people here today who are willing to take up the fight and what they see in themselves pray that they would recognize the voice of the enemy and I would know how to engage the enemy as well and just while our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed if you don't know Jesus but you would like someone to fight alongside with if you would like to have that peace that we've spoken about tonight would you just raise your hand Raise your hand and say, that's me. That's what's been missing from my life. Thank you for that hand. That is what I need at my core. I've been struggling alone for so long. And I need someone to struggle with me who knows the path. Would you just raise your hand? I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. If that's you and you don't know Jesus, just agree with this prayer that I'm about to pray. Lord Jesus, acknowledge that you are the Son of God. Thank you that you came to earth, that you died for our sins, that you rose again on the third day to eternal life, and that you are seated at the right hand of the Father. Thank you that you are a warrior, and you are the Prince of Peace. Lord, I give you my life. I'm ready to join that battle. It's a battle that will bring rest and will bring peace and balance to my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.